Welcome, another episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm going to talk about uh, a game that we could play in this uh, shelter-in-place uh, time that we're in. And uh, there are many variations on the game. I'm springing it on Rich. Rich is not... Uh, uh, Rich is uh, very agreeable and adaptable, and he I think he loves games and he loves competition, and he's a he's a national uh, trivia expert. This is not trivia. This is uh, what uh, what cards are worth. So first, thanks to sponsors: uh, Tops Panini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stave Sports Cards, ComC.com, as well as Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. This game, which I'm calling Guess That Price, is uh, there, there are no rules, uh, and there, there is cheating allowed. But if you can guess a price accurately without cheating, having some understanding of what cards are worth according, and again, what they're worth is according to uh, sometimes where you're looking, uh, that could be preparation for when you get to come out of your cocoon, get to come out and go to a show and see a card that you're interested in. Is it a good deal or not? So that's the guess the price. So you're at a show or you're looking at a card online and you see it and maybe even know the condition of it. Uh, it's $50. Is that a good deal or a bad deal? If you're really into it, as Rich and I certainly were within uh, many categories of cards back in the day and still to some degree now, you instantly know that that's a good deal. Some people think, well, that might be a good deal. I'm going to look it up. Okay. If you look it up and you find out, wait a minute, it just sold for a hundred bucks. I'm easily going to just pay the 50. Or if you found it paid, say the, the recent sale was $60 or that's what it said in the price guy. The price guy is conservative. Then you think, well, yeah, I'm going to try to, I'm going to make a, a lower offer. I could pay 50, but I'd like to pay less. So it all is based on an understanding of what the current pricing is. And that's not just price guide prices. It's, you know, actual pricing. And so, Rich, you get the gist of it. To what extent do you feel like you have to do that when you're looking at dollar boxes or uh, interested in things for your um, for yourself? Oh, when I'm price. looking at the dollar box, I try to focus more personally on things that I don't have to look up. And what I mean by that is I'll try to focus on pre-74 cards. Okay, so you're get you're get you don't even need to guess that price. You already know that it's it's probably going to be a good deal, right? And so, does that mean you pass on things that might be a good deal and you'd need to look them up? Yes, I'm, I'm sure it does, and it's an interesting concept because it also means on modern cards, unless it's a gimme like an autograph of somebody I've heard of, again, I'm, I could very well be passing on some card that. Oh wait a sec, this is his only signed card ever, and he only signed a hundred, and it's a twenty five dollar card, and I just don't know. So I think it's a really interesting game to play with with yourself. Have you ever done it? I mean, I mean oh, I'm sure I've missed tons of good stuff. No, I'm saying, but 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 is that? I mean, you you and I uh, uh, share. I think that, that the speed is of the essence. If you're going through a dollar box, I mean, if you're going through a hundred dollar card, you're going to ponder that. But I'm not normally looking for hundred dollar cards. If I am, it's 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 something I really really want for my personal collection. But uh, so you already have a great deal of knowledge. Uh, uh, do you test yourself when you get back home? I mean, do you ever make mistakes? I, I do. I look up every card. So later, so you're doing the game in arrears. Yeah, and I look up every card and I say, okay, what did I do right and what did I do wrong? And I'm and I'm about ninety percent right. And every once in a while, okay, I missed the crease or I missed this. And but I'll leave you with I'll start you with a positive story on that. Okay. Our good friend Joe Davis. Yeah. Got I'm looking cards. at his dollar box at the national this year. He what? Yeah. I'm looking at his dollar box at the national. I missed that. Yeah, he had dollar boxes. Were they good? I got a 68 McCormick white letter out of it. Oh, you told me that. Yeah. I've told wow. you the story. Yeah. And I'm debating, literally, I'm buying other cards. And I'm debating with myself literally for 20 minutes. Yeah. Do I buy the card or do I tell Joe? Yeah. Because I know it's a profit. Well, you couldn't find a nicer dealer. Gosh. I know. And I'm and that's and and but I'm debating with myself because 
if it's a twenty dollar card and getting out of there, Joe, that's fine. That's if, a several hundred dollar card. Yeah, what what if what if instead of Joe it would be some jerk dealer? I mean, there's not many, but there are a few that I mean, that's just what a moral dilemma. But I, I'm proud of you, Rich. But it's again, it's your insight and your ability to spot. You didn't need to look that up. Right. And that's why it took me 20 minutes, because it was quite an interesting moral dilemma. And I think that brings up an interesting point. You know, we're talking about from the dollar box. You know, if it's a guy that says, let it rip, I don't care, then you're good to go. But if it's a guy that monitors everything, right. then you say, OK, it's this or that. But Joe is such a good person. Yeah. And as I said, I debated for 20 minutes. And eventually I said, Joe, I got to tell you this. And here's the card. Yeah. And I don't mind the $15, $20 cards I bought. Yeah. They're mine. This one, I can't take from you. Yeah. Look up the price. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, that's, like I said, he, in effect, Joe was was playing that game or, or whoever was helping him in his store to figure out what goes in the dollar box. Right. And to be able to do that, you've got to say, is this worth pulling out and putting it under under glass? which that card would be, or do I just throw it in the dollar box and realize I'm going to win some, lose some. But if you're playing the dollar box game, you need to have that expertise. And I was just saying this, guess that price. Uh, you know, if you're walking up to a, sh if you're, you're in a, in a show uh, virtually or uh, in real life and you walk up to a table and somebody has a hundred dollar card and it's a hot player and a hot card, it, it's not it, just because the play the player is only hot or that card is only hot to the extent it's a good deal. If it's, if it's double overpriced, it's not hot. I mean, if things are so hot that things are just increasing every hour, that's one thing. But that's 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 an extremely rare occurrence. So it's not a deal at any price. It's a deal at a certain price. And knowing at what price it's a good deal, that's what this game is about. And this is what people can test yourself. So just take uh, Beckett Marketplace. If you think if you see a card and it's a card that you think might be in the marketplace, and you're and it's for example these things in the dollar box. If you were to go on. Uh, the Beckett Marketplace and see that they're available for 25 cents, you don't, well, you want to pass by that in the dollar box, okay? Because you, again, you've got to pay shipping and stuff like that, but still, it's readily available. Uh, Com C would be another one. If you're thinking, well, I've got this card or, you know, I'm going to buy it at the show, but if it's readily available at Com C for a fraction of that price, you shouldn't buy it at the show. But to, you, you have to know that. And I'm just saying there could be a little game that you could kind of say, well, I, my favorite player is, uh, is uh, is Hank Aaron, and so I want to really be familiar with not just the price guide prices for Hank Aaron, but the the actual prices. So I might look on eBay, I might look on uh, on uh, Comc, I might look in the Beckett Marketplace. And there, there's a many places you could look, and the more affinity you can develop for knowing, hey, you know what, this it's probably sold for this, it's probably this in the price guide. As you sharpen your skill, which I think is an analytical skill, then um, you're going to avoid making uh, bad decisions. But we're also assuming that you're going through the dollar box trying to make a profit. If a person has a dollar box broken down by player or by team, and your favorite player is Matt Chapman or Henry Aaron, as you said, or Walter Payton or, you know, anybody, even if it's Daryl Moose Johnston, and you need that card for your collection, it may not be a good deal on that level, but you may say, you know, I need that card. It crosses off something on my list. It's in front of me. Yes, it's only worth 75 cents in the price guide, but the dollar just to get it to cross it off my list is worth it in that case because I don't like dealing with quarters anyway. Okay, so you're saying that, uh, that uh, you know, at a, at a dime box or a quarter box, the game is not very relevant. I mean, at right. worst, you're going to buy something, and if you like it, you get it. At a dollar, you know, if you pick up a couple hundred cards at a dollar box – 
then you're you're out a couple hundred bucks. That's a little more serious. If you're looking at a $5 box, which some people have, or uh, cards that are more than that, again, just having some idea. Again, if you're just buying one or two and it's for your personal collection, I get it. But my sense is there are going to be more and more people in this uh, in this uh, these times we're in now that are going to want to make a profit from their uh, collections, and they're going to well, be under some pressure to do that. And you can't just sell everything you have. You can, but if you're going to be in business, you've got to reload. You need to reload at the right price. No, this game is about knowing the right price to buy. And I'm just saying you can do hypotheticals. Uh, so that, you know, even the latest Luca or Zion cards or Patrick Mahomes, you know, having some understanding of what something's worth. You've heard stories of somebody opening a pack and, uh, and, and getting a great card and somebody standing, looking over their shoulder says, Hey, I'd love that card. Here's a hundred bucks, but it's a thousand dollar card. Okay. You don't even, you just go, you say, Oh, a hundred bucks. I just paid, you know, 10 bucks for the pack. Yeah. Uh, sure. You know, I'm just saying if you're forearmed with some knowledge about, the players you're collecting and the things you're interested in, you're going to avoid uh, some problems and loss of the opportunity to get full price out of something or, to, you know, to be able to spot a bargain. So, And I'm a big fan as a dealer. If I have a dollar box, I want people going through it because that draws people's attention to buy other, you know, hey, wait a second, these people are finding things in his box. Let's get more people to buy. Let's get more people to buy them. Well, again, I, I – um, you know, when I'm looking through a box, I want to find a box that somebody is so busy – and uh, less meticulous, perhaps, than you are uh, to just throw things in the box that some are going to be bad, some are going to be good. And I want, I believe I have the ability to find the better ones. And so that's kind of rather than playing the game, I'm testing myself in real life, as, as it seems you are, too. Um, but like I said, I, the problem is I, I just think it'd be better to, you know, to not spend my time at the show, you know, with my laptop or, or looking things up. Uh, I'd rather be pulling the trigger on things that are more evidently a good deal from uh, first impression. Well, that's why you and I, you and I are somewhat similar on that. We just take our chances, and we're going to figure we're going to be right ninety or ninety-five percent of the time. And if we miss five percent of the time or ten percent of the time, we figure that's part of the cost of doing business. Well, there's false positives and false negatives. You know, the false positive something that looks good and isn't. Uh, you know, you're you're gonna buy that, bring it home, and find out you made a mistake. But I, I'm equally concerned with the false negatives, the ones that look like they're not that good, but they they really are good. And I just went by it. And then if you go back the next week or the next day, it's not there. Or even if it is there, it's a needle in a haystack. So uh, you know, again, no, I, I I'm believe shocked it, sometimes you know. when I look up the prices of stuff I buy, it's like, oh, I did much better on that than I thought. Yeah. I know, but like I said, Rich, you, you, with your working for ComC and being aware of uh, and, and all the many, I don't know how many thousands of hours, you know, you've surely put in your 10,000 hours plus like I have on uh, pricing cards in the Almanac. You have a sense. And so you and I are not the typical people that need to play this game. Uh, being able, you know, there, there's, but the reason that, and I'm calling it a game and I, we're running out of time here, but basically it's not a game. It's, it's basically knowing what a good deal is. And if, if that were not uh, important, you wouldn't see heritage auctions uh, accumulating their, their past results because they want people to be looking at that. You wouldn't see PWCC making it easy for their customers to see what things have sold for. eBay, uh, a very obvious one. Uh, you know, you, well, you, you, I'll, I'll conclude this with the positive conclusion to the Joe Davis story. I ended up telling him. He got it graded by PSA. I think they undergraded it a little, but then again, it was dark in the national. <laughs> but it came back a four. And we got, and I'm going to use the word we because we split it. Okay. We got $300 for that card. 
That's a great. That's a great story, Rich. I mean, it's it's again couldn't happen to a nicer guy, and and uh, it it also points out what we've said is that collectible condition does not mean nine and up. It it means contextually based on the card. That's a very very tough tough card. Uh, Joe's problem, you know, is like everybody. Yeah, it's just if he had to look it up because of the subtle difference. You know, on the card, you, you know, it's, it's, you know, I found uh, 69 uh, 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 white letters, you know, that are mixed in. And they're not as glamorous, you know, not, not the, uh, the star players. But uh, at any rate, well, again, uh, looking for things to do while you're, while you're uh, sheltered at home, uh, just uh, brushing up on what cards are, are worth. Uh, again, I commend uh, my sponsors, obviously, the, uh, the Beckett OPG and the, and the marketplace, you can look up. Uh, for the price guide, you can check out ComC. Heritage Auctions, as I said, has their own thing. Burbank has its own buy list, which is at the other end of the spectrum. But, you know, being knowledgeable about what things are selling for, what people are buying, uh, are willing to pay, what they're selling for, uh, armed with knowledge is a good way to go to a show or to uh, uh, whether it's in real life or virtual. So, again, thanks, Rich. Thanks, Thank listeners. You. Enjoy your uh, sabbatical uh, of being at home. I hope it's not uh, for much longer. But, uh, again, enjoy the hobby. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode.